you're a friendo. I'm high-key tweaking to slap some sick poggy bops. Dear listeners, and welcome to the new Albion Radio Hour. I'm your host, Lloyd Allen, and today's episode is brought to you by... Oh dear Lord, I cannot bring myself to do this. Are we so desperate for money that we've stooped to peddling this on the air? Look, I'm no prude. I would have you know I'm quite adventurous. Why... I could tell you a story involving my last boyfriend and a grapefruit that would make you blush. But this, this is... All right, I'll do it, but... Today's episode is brought to you by Rory's Erotic Barnyard Adventures. Folks, in these troubled times, couldn't you use some relief from your stress and hang-ups? The old happy ending, just not enough of a thrill for you anymore? Well then, why don't you try out Rory's Erotic Barnyard Adventures? How much are they paying us? It better be good. I could use some equipment upgrades for the big special coming up. Anyway, at Rory's Erotic Barnyard, you can come and dress up as your favorite animal and have titillating adventures with their professionally trained staff or even other animal enthusiasts. Rory specifically asked us to mention the infamous chicken coop romp. Yes, you can experience the thrill of being a chicken when old Rory the rooster gets thirsty. Wait, does Rory actually participate? You know what? Never mind. I don't want to know. Or be a cow! Grazing in the barn when old Farmer Rory comes to... Oh, dear God. Uh, Be a sheep. Locked inside the dark with the other furry sheep when Rory the She-Wolf comes round to... So this is all just... Rory keeps a busy schedule, I'll tell you that. You can't seriously convince me people pay for this. How much? Are you kidding me? Oh... People are... The depths of their idioticness never fails to amaze me. Play as the stubborn pack mule who needs broken in by Rory the horse tamer. Ah, I see there's a horse package too, but... So what's the difference? Ah, the donkey one is less energetic on your part. Goats? Do they have goats? Ah, yes. Be a billy goat in need of a good gruffing when Rory the nanny goat shows up to... Okay, I am not reading the rest of that. Uh, The turkey package. Uh, Okay, the pig package. What happens in the pig package? Oh, dear God in heaven, I am not reading that on air. I will have to replace my eyeballs after seeing that. What about... Ah, geese! You know, I played a goose in my school play when I was in grade school. Little Lloyd ran around the stage squawking and squawking. 
Ah, memories. Memories ruined by what I am reading. Well, yes, I am mildly curious to see Rory's goose impersonation, but not if she's going to... Uh, here, read this. That part right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know, right? My thoughts exactly. So, if you are... Uh, support our sponsors, if you dare. Look, folks, if you are a special person in need of a special experience, head on down to Rory's Erotic Barnyard Experience and de-stress with a relaxing afternoon on the farm. Is this even a farm? This is probably a warehouse basement. Good God, I shudder to even think. All right, without further ado, today's episode, The Gnome War Part 3. What the hell is going on? screamed Saradwan. We're going to die very painfully, Michael yelled back. I don't understand what's happening, yelled the Baron. We explained this to you in the crossroads, shouted Jill. Your brains are mushed there. Asha grabbed Lloyd and Jill, who were next to her. She was crying. I love you. I'm so glad we found each other. Goodbye. The gnomes hit the ship. Level two, screamed Sarah Juan. Everybody grab hands. Everybody grabbed hands as the walls of the bubble ship disintegrated. Raven was passed out, but Lloyd had him. Now, Sir Edwan screamed. It was like being in a ride in an amusement park where you're taken up very high, only to drop down suddenly and violently. The entire group of them left the ship, falling fiercely and landing seconds later in the level two tunnels. You can access this level anytime you want, said the Baron. Well, we use doors, said Jill. We have to find doors. Oh, you don't need them, said the Baron. What the hell was that? asked Sarah Edwan, still frazzled. Michael sat and cradled a shaking Asha. We told you at the crossroads, but your minds there are like mush. Jill cleared her throat and patiently went through the entire story again. So we're at war, said Sarah Edwan when Jill had finished. Michael nodded. I guess we are. Time is up. Your friend is in bad shape, said the Baron, pointing to Asha. How long have you been in the fifth level? You can't stay there like you have. It's too... But Michael wasn't paying attention. He was looking at the boy, who was sauntering up the tunnel. The boy smiled, and Michael hugged him. The boy then took over cradling Asha. Asha gradually stopped crying. Who is that? asked Saradwan. It's, uh, it's this... This ghost boy, we think, answered Michael. He's not a ghost. I've seen ghosts. Why would you think he's a ghost? Well, uh, Michael started to say, so you've got the lost ones. You've got us. That's it. We're not a military force. We need more than that. We're going to need a general. Jill smiled. Don't worry. We've got that covered. General Mucklepuck was delighted to see Jill and Asha again. The boy went with him. He went everywhere with Asha now. 
It worked as she was much calmer and the tremor in her right hand had stopped. General, it's time. We need to call you out of retirement. We cannot wait any longer. The gnomes are ransacking the metaverse. We need you. Frumfa bumfa, General Mucklepuck exclaimed. At last, a warrior's death. Um, said Asha, it would really help if you didn't actually die until it was over. Don't worry, said the general. I will die only at the most appropriate time. But first, we will rid the cosmos of this blight. I've contacted all my old allies. They await my call to battle. We must decide upon a field in which to meet the enemy. Considering that they eat every world they come into contact with, said Jill, I assume we should meet them in space. No, wait, said Asha. Fifth level. We need to meet them on the fifth level. Jill shook her head. But they destroy everything. We can't let them loose in a place they can't even get to. No, think about it, said Asha. They already know level three and four well and basically are on the cusp of ruling them. Level five is more, it's wilder, chaotic, psychedelic. And now we have 20 transhumans who are at their most powerful there. We need to lead the gnomes there where they're actually at a disadvantage. A bottleneck, said the general. If they can't get there easily and you can create a path, then that path is a bottleneck. That is an extraordinary tactical advantage. Jill nodded. Okay, I guess it makes sense. But, added the general, they would be fools to follow us into unfamiliar territory. We need bait that is so enticing they will follow despite the unwiseness of such a move. Well, they're extremely arrogant, said Asha. They never wait. They always just burst in. Plus, when it comes to us, they're obsessed. We're the bait. I'll be the bait. I don't mind. The boy squeezed her hand. Jill shook her head. Don't be stupid. All five of us are the bait. We stand or fall together. The general laughed. Gods, I love war, he said. He wiped a tear from his eye. Moments like this make me sad I ever gave it up. All right, little mushy friends. Let's go slice and dice. How are you going to lead the gnomes to level 5, asked Sarah one later when they had all met back up in the tunnels of level 2. That's impossible. No, said Lloyd. We made a ship that lifted all the way from 5 to the upper dimensions. With help, of course. But we should be able to make a passage, and they'll pour through. Well, that's literally impossible, said Sarah one The gang looked at her. No, said Lloyd, it's not. That's how we rescued you. This is easier, I think. You're kind of our ace in the hole, said Michael. We're banking on you knowing a lot more than we do. We do, said the Baron. We are players extraordinaire. Oh, can it, Doug, said Saradwan. We don't know everything. We don't even know enough to not trap ourselves in a timeless loop. It was a really good idea, said Doug. We can live forever in a paradise of our making. Think about it. For fuck's sake, Doug, we just got rescued from there after spending decades begging for help. Centuries. Remember Casey Holden? We were going to flower her, and she was going to be our big hope, our savior. What, dare I ask, happened to Casey Holden? asked Graven. Saradwan and Doug looked at each other and looked down. 
we're maybe not sure, said Saradwan. Our guess is she didn't survive the flowering. Lloyd's face looked like murder itself. My advice, he said coldly, is you think of all the ways you can be enormously valuable to this operation before we think of all the ways in which we could throw you back in there. Yeah, I guess maybe that wasn't so good, admitted Doug. Although, maybe she did flower, but never pieced together the clues to contact us. That's not only possible, that's likely. We don't know for sure she fell into trouble. Not like Akisha Shushana. That, I admit, that turned out terribly bad. Definitely our mistake there. Saradwan elbowed him. Shut the fuck up, Doug, she said. You're not helping us. I have a wonderfully fun little labyrinth, a game. I'd love to show you when this is all over, said Lloyd. Unless you dazzle us with your brilliance, which at this moment is not looking likely. No, don't worry, said Saradwan. We've got a bunch of tricks up our sleeve, and when this is all over, we'll teach you everything we know, and we'll all just pretend Keishi and Akisha never happened. Or Kasuke Ito, said Joe. Shut the fuck up, Doug, said Saradwan through gritted teeth. Now listen, you two, said Michael later. This is dangerous. You can't mess about. Lloyd and Raven nodded. Don't worry, said Raven. We've got this. If you don't get the teddy bears to the playhouse, we're all dead, said Michael. The rest of us will be sitting ducks. Everybody meets there. Remember, said Saradwan, use the watchtowers to guide you and watch out for scratches and wanes. You're going far, and predators roam some of the places you're jumping through. Scratches especially are nasty. They're fast and vicious and will eat you before you even have time to react. Don't worry, said Lloyd. The last thing I'm getting eaten by is a scratch. I'd kill you myself, said Raven. Even if I died, I'd come back to you, said Lloyd. Saradwan rolled her eyes. You have to take this seriously. We are, said Raven. We'll watch out for each other. We will collect the teddy bears and meet you at the battlefield where the playhouse is. Don't worry. Lloyd and Raven set off. The Lost Ones were scattered across the metaverse and hadn't had a true home in eons. They wandered about observing worlds and narratives that interested them. There was no set place to contact them collectively, but if you knew where a small group of them were, you could always return there and hope they were still there. The gang had run across four of them not long ago, when they experimented with how far out into fourth level space they could comfortably go and find their way back. The teddy bears had recognized them and told the gang the time was soon. It was then they had promised to send two of them to help the gang rescue the Crossroads crew. They had assured the gang they would still be here and ready for them when the call to battle came. Lloyd and Raven were heading out to call them for war. Fourth level space, where Michael, Jill, and Asha had all first gone to when they had first left their respective worlds, was vast. Furthermore, it was not all uniform. The way it looked in the section the gang's individual worlds were all clumped was not the same as it looked when you moved further out. The nature of the strands themselves changed as you went, and some were quite uncomfortable to jump into. 
not all meant for humans. Colors changed, different phenomena and natural wonders were present, and as Seridwan had warned, other things roamed, including things that were dangerous. Raven and Lloyd used the watchtowers left over by the Lost Ones when their race was at their zenith. Raven and Lloyd could zero into them to jump, just as if they were jumping inside one strand to another. They hadn't known how to do this, but Seridwan had taught them. Raven would remind Lloyd how useful the posties could be and not to murder them when this was all finished. Lloyd would pretend to need convincing. He would never actually do such a thing. Not these days, at least. They hadn't fallen that far. Not yet. Raven and Lloyd were delightfully happy, even in the midst of all this trouble. They were the lovers, and they would soon settle into this archetype permanently, unable to ever be free of it, needing it to stay balanced and whole, to stay sane even. But this too was not set yet. There was still time. Their jumps across level 4 space-time were wondrous, and they wished they could just explore together with no pressing urgency, like lovers on a whirlwind of adventure and romance. They would one day, but not now. They jumped across the cosmos. They encountered a number of creatures, more than they had been warned about. Many seemed harmless, but they steered clear of all of them. They even caught a quick sight of a scratch. Seridwan had put great fear into them of these creatures, so they were quick and careful not to get too close. The cosmos became more and more unfamiliar. They were far away now, and the nature of things changed radically. But they achieved their goal and found the giant gooey bubble where the four teddy bears were. They landed on the outer sides and phased their way in. The scene was like a hyper-cartoon of a nature setting devised by a madman and created in an animation style that hadn't been invented yet. Lloyd and Raven assumed this reflected their homeworld, but Jill had argued it might not even reflect that. It might reflect a type of home base long removed from their original home, but now the only memory they had of any place of comfort. In any case, the four bears were... Well, it was hard to say exactly what they were doing, but if Raven had to describe it, he would say they were on a blanket having a tea party. Welcome back, travelers. You are greeted with warmth. Lloyd sadly told the bears what had befallen their siblings. The bears were sad. But we will grieve later. The time has come, then. We have contacted as many of us as we could find. All await our call. The time for the call is now, said Lloyd. The battlefield has been chosen, and even as we speak, the gnomes are being led. Let us go, then, said the bears. Michael had freaked out when Jill told him she and Asha were going to act as bait to lure the gnomes. No, I'll go. Jill, damn it, if anything happened to you, I would lose it. I don't know how I could even go on. Oh, relax. We're going with Saradwan and Zhaozhen. They'll get us back here through the little tunnel we're making just fine. Then leave Asha here. She hasn't been well lately, and besides, she's a better organizer than I am. Michael, please, we need you here to act this point. The general is arriving with his troops. Raven and Lloyd are coming with the teddy bears. The posties are preparing their tactics. 
exactly why Asha would make a better choice to stay. Jill thought about it. You're right, she said. She made the case to Asha. I respect your bravery, but you should be the one left here to organize the coming troops, work with the general, and make order out of the chaos. All we need is someone capable of being an obnoxious enough twat to get the gnome's attention and make them annoyed enough to follow us. Michael was literally born for this job. Asha laughed. Yes, you're right. She was already organizing the posties and the arriving beings who were there at the behest of the general. I'll stay, but you're all leaving me alone here at the center of the battle. You better get back here to help me out. Jill hugged her. We'll be bringing the guests of honor. The general arrived in full battle armor. He was a hulking, impressive sight. Party time, bitches, he cried. His troops, tens of thousands of them, all cheered. He saw Asha. Oh, uh, sorry about that. You know, uh, testosterone humor. I, I, I don't mean to imply that you're... Don't worry, General. I'm glad to see you, said Asha. Where's everyone else? We, we are working on it, she said. These are your, um... These will be your wizards. It was the best thing she could think of to describe the posties to the general to give him an idea of what he was working with. He nodded and shook Doug's hand. He and the thirteen posties conferred for a while. And the lost ones? the general asked. They'll be here momentarily. Good. We want to meet the enemy with my troops first. Draw them into battle. The lost ones will need to wait until the enemy is fully committed. Then bring their power and tactics into play. General, the gnomes are massive and fierce. Can you afford to wait until bringing out the big guns? I'm not sure you can hold against a full frontal attack. The general smiled. Oh, we'll hold, he said. He nodded at the boy. Good to see you. The boy nodded back. Hey, dipshits, shouted Michael. Here we are! Come and get us! They had jumped to a narrative close to where they had called Saradwan on the radio. It looks peaceful here, said Saradwan. Maybe we should keep searching. Why not go to one we know they've been? Well, first of all, said Michael, any place they've been, they'll have eaten it, little voaddicks. Secondly, it won't matter. Wherever we pop up, they appear real soon after. Jill nodded. He's right. It won't matter. If we just wait, they'll come. Maybe they'll sense a trap, said Saradwan. You don't know these things, said Michael. Trust me. He was right. Within ten minutes, the sky started to fill with black dots eating it. Hey! Hey, fuckballs! Michael shouted. Eat this! He turned his back on them, bent over, dropped his pants, and mooned them. I knew you were the right man for this job, said Jill. Michael laughed as he gave them the middle finger and shouted every sexual insinuation involving their mothers he could think of. He had their attention. They poured into the world and headed straight towards Michael and Jill. Open the tunnel, said Jill. On it, said Saradwan. She and her friend Zhao Zhan opened up the interdimensional passageway connecting with the fifth-level battleground. 
Two other posties on the other end cemented the opening. Move, Saradwan cried. Jill grabbed Michael, who was having entirely too much fun, and the four of them fled through the passage. Once on the other side, they kept going, knowing that when the gnomes poured forth, it would be en masse. There was little sign of the gathered forces. The general wanted it this way. He needed as many gnomes committed as possible. The gnomes poured into fifth-level space. Millions. Billions. Streaming in massive black pillars. Jill and Michael were flying away at a rapid pace, but the gnomes were quickly catching up. What the hell is the general waiting for? shouted Jill. He's like a planet away. He needs as many of them as possible to come through. I mean, this is a kill room, just a, a really, really, really big one. The gnomes closed the distance and were right on their heels. Even Michael agreed that they couldn't make it much further. They were going to be caught and eaten. Hey, little pieces of shit! You want it? Come and get it! It was Asha. She was calling from someplace far away, but her voice rang through space as clear as a bell. Jill and Michael couldn't look. Instead, they made a narrative jump to the playhouse, which was within blipping range. The massive waves of gnomes turned and zoomed towards Asha, who stood almost alone in space, hundreds of miles away. More and more poured into the opening. Asha stood there, calling them on. Her hands shook, but no one was close to see it. She had made sure her friends were safe. That was all she cared about. The boy floated beside her, holding her hand. Huge pillars of gnomes poured towards her, more than she had ever seen at one time, enough to fill a planet, maybe more. She was terrified, and slowly her calling out to them faded as raw terror filled her. She had saved her friends. She had done as the general asked. She was okay with it. The boy squeezed her hand. You did great, the boy said to her. We're going to die here, aren't we? She asked him. Not with me, you're not, said the boy. Attack! screamed the general. Waves of troops suddenly appeared, guns firing and glowing swords blazing. The war had begun. So apparently we play music on this broadcast. Not that I've heard anything that I would classify as such, but here you are nonetheless. Thank you. The next song is not my song, so we'll give the lyrics a go, but I'm really sorry if it's not right. <laughs> With no parents left Stale leather Sharpening their attitudes And smoking cigarettes We howl and laugh and cry Until the room spins 
Hold on to Katie, all I know is tomorrow night I'll do it all again In the wasteland Where the ashes, ashes all fall down from walls that can never stand In the wasteland Roses, broken boughs, just fall down and down and down Rage with Katie through our lasting years. We still well to notice and too sad to care. I learned the wind blows and the bowing breaks. So I look to have some laughs, some grass, some shots of what you gotta take. To am a pack of wild kids with bottles back. Stumbling and fumbling, I bid farewell and slap their backs. Strain to the graveyard and hang out on my mother's grave Till my arm comes, puts a blanket around me And just sits and stays In the wasteland Where the ashes, ashes all fall down Through walls that can never stand In the wasteland Rings of roses, broken boughs Just fall down and down and down Katie's daddy threw her mama aside Left her with nothing, but I loved her She was always kind In her hour of need, no one would look around Someone had to step up, but I was ground and drowned And so far down, eyes in the wasteland My dear daddy, whiskey on his breath I never knew him really, and one day Daddy left, and he said, my dear, of only one thing now I ever teach you, sweetheart, do not stay down Little girl, oh little girl, you don't stay down You kick and scream and scratch, you roar, you thrash, but don't stay down The last breath you take, get it on that face, you'll make your wounds another day But get off the ground, go take them down, oh Daddy dear, I could use your voice right now Last smack me down and I'm so down I just can't get up from here The girl who rose just like you said From ash just like you said I could really use her here now though I'm in the wasteland Where ashes, ashes all fall down From walls that could never stand In the wasteland Rings of roses, broken boughs, just fall down and down and down. Little girl, oh little girl, you don't stay down. You kick and scream and scratch, you roar, you thrash, but don't stay down. The last breath you take, spit in that face, you lick your wounds another day. Oh, get off the ground, go take them down. Oh, little girl, don't stay down. Thank you very much.